Hello and welcome into week 14 of the Talking Shop podcast. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Um, we're at that point in the season. Half of you have been eliminated from the playoffs. And, you know, it's a gamble. It's a gamble playing fantasy football. And uh, there's ups and there's downs. There's disappointments. Maybe your best player got hurt and uh, maybe it just wasn't your season. So for those of us that are in and those of us that are out, I thought we'd take a nice refrain from the typical fantasy football banter every week. And we'll, we're going to dive into a different topic that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to bring on my good friend, Michael Ryan, coming to us from New York. And we're going to talk about a list that's been circulating on Barstool Sports, created a lot of controversy on the interwebs and within our friend group. And basically the list is seven gambling movies and it asks are these the seven best gambling movies of all time and we're going to go through that list and we're going to put them in the order that we deem to be the most appropriate we're going to give our reasons we're not going to get every everything right see some people are going to have an issue with our order um but uh that's why we're here we're here to try things here to have fun um i think it's a it's a it's a nice tie into fantasy football because you know, at the end of the day, fantasy football, a bit of a gamble. Uh, as much skill as you think you can put into it. Um, you know, when uh, Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry gets hurt or Dalvin Cook explodes for 30 points on Thursday night coming off a shoulder injury, you just never know what's going to happen any given Sunday. That's why I uh, thought we'd do this this week, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's a list of movies before we get started just so you have the full context. So <clears throat> the seven movies listed by Barstool Sports as the best gambling movie of all time are as follows in no particular order. Casino, Ocean's Eleven, Two for the Money, Rounders, Uncut Gems, Molly's Game, and 21. So without further ado, let's bring in Mike. Let's kick things off. Welcome. Welcome to the Chuck Football Pod. Your host, Matthew Matera. Football in the States is my specialty. That's how we did this show. Right. Tampa Bay is an excellent, excellent football team. You ready to let the dogs out? You think it's so funny, huh? Funny how? I'm really trying to sort of keep it together and be like cool about this. They kick the ball off to you, you get the ball. You run with the ball, they tackle you. A lot has been made about the great running banks. The New York Giants. So many good things have been happening. Let us begin. Michael, how are we? I'm doing fantastical, sir. I have been going through all of these gambling movies all weekend. Oh, you ready to get started? I am ready to do anything you want to do, sir. And I've been listening to your podcast all week, so I hope I can do the brand as good as the rest of us have done. So, uh, oh man. All right. So brief background here for the listener. So um, this Instagram meme gif, I don't know what you call it, this list yeah, that's been sure, circulating. Mm-hmm. Created quite the buzz in our friend group, you know, a lot of arguments about whether this list is complete, whether what's the what's the order that these movies should be placed in, but basically what it is, it just says simply best gambling movie, question mark, bar stool sports. Yeah, uh, there's seven or eight uh movies there and uh Mike and I having seen them and having uh, discussed them can quote them uh, you know like we're going to we're going to go through and rank these things we're going to this is our list this is the this is the list there's no there's no argument after this 
<laughs> I do also want to put into context for the rest of the listeners also the fact that you're the friend that wherever we go, there's going to be something to bet on. Whether it's, <laughs> hey, I think I threw a quarter in that box over there to, hey, you're stepping up to take your final putt of the 18. Why don't I bet you $100 and see if you miss it? So that's the type of individual we're talking gambling with, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Mike, you never shy away from a bet, but you're not you're not like an initiator either. So why are you the best person to talk about this list? I, I appreciate that, Matt. And I'm very happy you brought that up because I think I'm your polar opposite. I mm. am not the one who creates the bet, but I'm the one who wants to watch and who's 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 just excited to be part of something. Right. So even even if I'm not the better, even if I'm not the gambling type. You're also one of those individuals who's just going to get someone a little pumped up enough to say, yeah, maybe I'll take a little action here. Let's, let's see where it goes. So <laughs> I think I'm a perfect person to talk to about this because now we have two completely opposing views to many of the issues we're going to be talking about today. Very nice. I, I think I think gambling just adds a little spice, a little spice. You're watching a game, you gamble on it. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be $5 and it adds just a little, you're playing golf, just adds a little spice. A, a little spice, and then sometimes it goes a little far, as we saw some from some of these movies. But you're absolutely right. There's, uh, I forget when I had like my first betting opportunity, but I remember when I won my first bet, I was like, "Oh, like this is this is what's about to happen." Like you can just double your money just like that. Is this is this how it's supposed to go? That anticipation is quite a uh, quite a sensation, I should say. Which brings us to this quote by Al Pacino and Two for the Money. You know, the best part isn't the high. It's the moment just before you take it. The dice are dancing on the table. Between now and the time they stop, that's the greatest high in the world. Al Pacino. That, uh, that's Al Pacino, right? From, uh, what is it, Two for the Money? Yeah, the great. There's a couple of couple of lines for that movie that absolutely get you. And, you know, just from who Matthew McConaughey is in that movie to who Al Pacino is, it's just so interesting to see how one person can kind of control themselves and, like, seize the wrongdoing that's going on and somebody who's just completely absorbed and doesn't even know how far he's fallen. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, why? All right. So two for the money. It, it, it was ranked last on my list. Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey. It last on your yeah, list? Directed two by for DJ the money Kirk. with Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey, the absolute rock stars of the film industry, comes seventh? Okay. Uh, 21 is my last place. Okay. Just because Tell me why. it's... Well, when you look at all these, the problem is you have to put them all in a series, right? All these movies are part of what we watched. And some of them, like Casino, are just absolute classics. You can't you can't disrespect, as you can imagine, you can't disrespect <laughs> the Pesh and De Niro like that. If you put them at the end, someone's knocking on your door. I don't want that. So you can't put them at the end. But Two for the Money has such a has such highs and such lows. That you see, like, remember the guy that calls in from India and who's like, you win, like, um, Amir. You ruined me. Amir. Yeah, I yeah it, was, it was Amir. Damn, well done, sir. Uh, and he's just like, you ruined me. Like, we did so well at first, but now I've lost my wife, my job. And it's absolutely crushed Matthew McConaughey. Nothing like that really happened in 21. He only mm. got caught, right? So he only got caught by, what was it, Morpheus? It was actually, the, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was Morpheus, yeah. <laughs> I had to make the club boss. <laughs> so, like, that's um, that's really as far as Twenty One fell, right? Same thing, okay. like Rounders. Rounders. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. All right. So, I think in Twenty One, I think I think you're right. I didn't have it right that high either. 
And the reason I the reason that I said it is because this is not really a gambling movie. It's a it's a math movie, right? Correct. It's hundred <laughs> percent. It's just talking about statistics, which is great. We want to teach the world about statistics. Hey, this is how you can look into the world of mathematics and make it so, fun by talking about gambling. So Spacey's character says, "There's just one more thing, Ben, played by Jim Sturges, and this is important. We're counting cards. We're not gambling. We're following a specific set of rules and playing a system." So he says it right there in the movie. They're not gambling. It's a it's a movie about like blackjack, which is a which is a game of chance. But it says no, it's not a game of chance; it's a game of skill. But that's why that's why I also put it so low. Is it didn't focus on the individual; it was showing like a team sport, right? Mm-hmm. It was like a team group, and you had a bunch of people. They all go out, they'd figure out which tables were hot and low, and then they bring somebody over to start. Hopefully, statistically speaking, should be winning more at that at that table. Okay. Whereas okay. The rest of what we went through was all really aggressive. <laughs> like, everything <laughs> was like way more aggressive than just counting some content. Tape. <laughs> all right. And then back to two for the money. So in this movie, the, and, and maybe I'm not supposed, I shouldn't have read into it so much, but it, it the math doesn't make sense to me. So at one point in the movie, Al Pacino's like, you know, uh, oh my, this, this company has lost two, you know, we're in the red before you showed up, we were already in the red by four times that meaning like two or $4 million or something like that. And, and then he's like, you know, we're doing so poor and like, but he, he wasn't gambling that they were advisors, right. They were just taking money from people. If the people won that and the picks that they made, um, they would take the money. And so if Al Pacino wasn't gambling, which was like his addiction and the thing that he starts to do later in the movie, before that scene, he wasn't gambling, then they shouldn't have been losing so much money. And so that didn't make sense to me. Second point. I, yeah, go ahead. No, but I think that's a good insight because I think that's what they're trying to give you is that he's been gambling the whole time. The whole time. So okay. Even though even though his his business is in the is in the crapshoot, has been in the crapshoot the whole time since the beginning of the movie. He's still gambling and doing like he's on the phone trying to get an elephant for his daughter's party. And he's like, whatever <laughs> I need to pay, like just tell me and I'll pay. Right. Like he's going to find that money somewhere. But his his business has lost millions of dollars. That was a good so, line, too. He's like part of the Bailey's of life, you sir. Which one is it? You got, <laughs> is it ten, you got 10 elephants. You got 10 elephants. Why, what do you need one? Come on. Give me one. Give me one. Uh, that was good. That was good. But she know has some really, uh, really good lines in this movie. But I think to me, it just it just was like telling me about gambling. It wasn't like showing me. Beside that one scene with Amir, I don't think Al Pacino really. He's he, he, you can feel that he gets like the euphoria of it, but he doesn't show like the depths of like what he he never shows like this is like me at the lowest low of gambling. Mm-hmm. He only shows sort of like the euphoric, like let's just keep let's just keep betting, let's just keep betting. He's trying to talk Matthew McConaughey into it. But that's why you have Matthew McConaughey. You have this mm-hmm. this yin and yang. Because Matthew McConaughey, you see him super distraught, right? As soon as he starts losing and like people have lost money, like you see how each one of their stories hits him emotionally like to his core and yeah. it doesn't happen without Pacino because he's just a facade right he's just keeping this facade going and growing in, this, in, in that <laughs> direction right there's no way out of it to the point where he's gambling with his wife right yeah right and that's that's one of the cool kind of tell tells at the end of it which was you're so far into it you don't even know what you're gambling anymore. Mm-hmm. all right all right good stuff good stuff I think I'm that's gonna have a- that's again why that was that was higher on my, on my All right. train. I'm lowering it. I'm booting it down the list. So 21 is going to be number seven then. 21 is number seven. Get to seven. Get to seven. Now that we have one set, everything's going to get a lot easier from now on. 
Let's get one more out of the way, and then let's do the top five. Who do you got at number six? At number six, the problem with number six is that it's between two movies, and I'm not sure how to distinguish them. So I think it's between Ocean's Eleven and Two for the Money. Ocean's Eleven, again, isn't totally about gambling. It's more of about robbing a yes exactly okay thank you so it's gotta be it's gotta be on the list but it's a fantastic movie right it's a fantastic movie this is like the rat pack slash like the all-star game for actors all having a blast together don Cheadle's blowing shit up like it's just a blast it's the best do you remember the scene in the beginning when brad pitt is uh is the poker coach to a bunch of celebrities and then he comes back into the room and george clooney's in there uh, playing poker <laughs> with them <laughs> all red yeah yeah it's like, i don't know about the four nines but i think the ace is pretty high <laughs> so i agree this it's a heist movie it's not a it's not a gambling movie although but, i will say that it's a great heist movie it's, it's like phenomenal one of it's, the best of all time it's one of the best casted movies ever like really amazing i don't know how they got all these people to do the movie but let me t- let me just point this out to you. I mean, and this is opens a Pandora's box here. But isn't a heist the ultimate gamble, right? Because what you're risking is my time in jail for 30 years, 20 years, 30 years. I'm robbing a casino. I'm robbing tens of millions of dollars. What do I have to gain? Tens of millions of dollars. Isn't waking up every day a gamble, Matt? Isn't walking out your door a gamble every day? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Are we That's going fair. down this road? Are we going down this road? But really, you're, right. you're absolutely right, right? Like, these guys obviously knew what was at stake. They knew what was about to happen. And, I mean, I think Daniel Ocean, because he comes out of the clink, out of the clink in the first five minutes of the movie, you know he knows what he could be going back to. So it's definitely a gamble he's willing to take. All right, Which actually brings me to a good point. Go ahead. How do you, how do you, so you have a very interesting mind, Matthew, and I, I would like to try and peruse this. So you have a very quick and very dialed in risk assessment brain analysis. That's just how I, how I think of it. When you see like a fellow stranger on the street, what's, what's the over and under that this is a good human being? If I say hi, I'm not going to just get punched in the face. I <laughs> thank you for the compliment, but I think <laughs> honestly, like I, uh, I think a fault of mine is that I assume everyone's pretty good from the start. That they're not going to like good, treat though. me. Got yeah. some optimism, right? That they're not going to treat me poorly. But I've like feel like I've learned over time, like hardened in the sense that like you sort of like uh, you know you hedge your bet a little bit. You don't you don't just give the person all the money before they come back with the thing that you bought from them, right? You give them half the mm-hmm. money and they come back and they, so you develop these things because you live and you learn over time that, you know, some people Who will take you? advantage of Who you. Who hurt you, Matt? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> sure thing, yeah. Right. I don't know. Just I don't sure. know how to evaluate though, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I just, I have no information about this person. So I, how am I supposed to evaluate? Just the way they walked up to me? You know, if mm-hmm. they come to you out of the blue asking for something, then that's a little bit of a tell, that's a little bit of a, a sign of us that maybe you're about to get hustled, right? About to get hustled. Somebody who's yeah. willing to listen. Somebody who's about to start telling <laughs> stories. You never know. Ocean's Eleven. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Say we get into the cage and, and through the security doors there and down the elevator we can't move. 
and past the guards with the guns and into the vault we can't open? Without being seen by the cameras. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, well, say we do all that. Uh, we're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash on us without getting stopped? And then Danny Ocean yeah. says, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's just, oh, okay. And he puts another cough in it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> How about Brad Pitt eating throughout the whole movie? He's Tacos, always- enchiladas, milkshakes. He, I think he starts off with a... Uh, with like a he's like in a donut or some type of pastry when he's when he's getting George Clooney out. That's one of the best parts of the whole movie is what he's gonna be eating in the next scene. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, really it's, a great movie. Let's give him some Harper <laughs> getting ready for his hotels and all that. And just movie stars being movie stars. I mean, the scene at the bar where uh Brad again, Brad Pitt and George Clooney together are just amazing, but he's just like, You think we need one more? And then he says nothing. He's like, I don't know, I think we need one more. It's like, all right, we'll get one more. He says nothing back to him, but just the look. Just sitting there, like, yeah. just sitting there on the on the bar, not a single emotion. And also the names they come up with for all the different types of people they need. And not only the biggest elephant's gel ever. Elephant's you got a grease man? We got a grease man. Right? Like that's, that's just some of the fun part about it, right? You always want to be in the know. You want to know more about all those small little side tags that they have for all their different actions. People. It's so good. And it takes place in Vegas. They're sitting at the front of Bellagio at the end. It's just a, it's just a perfect movie. It's not a really a gambling movie. And that's why it comes in at number six, unfortunately. That's why Sorry it's to say. six. Okay. Six it is. All right. So number seven. Number we had, one to Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, to Ocean's Eleven. All right. You're going to hate this, what I have next. You're going to hate it's it. It's okay. It's okay. All right. I put Casino as the next one. That's okay. That's totally okay. fun. I'm glad you said it because if I said it, I'd, I'd have people after me. So I appreciate that you said that out in California. You can stay hidden over there. I'm back in New York. There's people, there's wise guys here. They're going to find me. <laughs> this is a Scorsese movie that features <laughs> De Niro and Pesci. And they're in like every scene together. They're freaking awesome. It's a great, it's a good movie. Uh, it is a great movie. But you know what really weighs on me is the, Sher- the Sharon Stone character is just. <laughs> too much it's just too much she's just too horrible of a person you know she's cheating on him with that like gross guy the whole movie she's just like constantly just sucking his money from him and and just weighing him down and it's just a really poorly written example of a woman because i don't know any women like that (laughs) in my life like it's just i don't know if scorsese didn't he just didn't know how to write this character or something but it just kills me when i watch that movie and i watch sharon's Sharon Stone just just being a, a leech to Robert yeah, De Niro. hundred percent. And it's uh, it's kind of interesting. She almost plays the complete opposite of like a woman that you would think of as like Lady Luck. She is the yeah. complete opposite of Lady Luck. She is yeah. like Lady Unlucky the entire time. Which but, that's some such a present. That's right? what she is. The first twenty minutes of the movie is like the best first 20 minutes of like any movie, like voiceovers by Pacino, uh, sorry, by uh, Pesci and De Niro going back and forth and explaining how these two wise guys, these guys from the street were put in charge of a casino in Las Vegas. And it explains <laughs> how these guys in Kansas city run the show because they have, they decide who's the chairman of the Teamsters uh, union. Logistics union. In the Teamsters Union has the pension fund. And the pension fund gives loans out to open new casinos. And they explain how 
you know, De Niro's like, oh, I don't know. I got a couple strikes against me. They're like, it doesn't matter. You just get on the, uh, the permit list. And uh, it's like, well, you know, I'm never going to be approved. Like, the list is 10 years, it's 10 years long. Like, well, eventually it's going to come up. He's like, no, you just change your title. One day you're head of food and beverage. The next day you're the head of casino operations and you're the head of <laughs> entertainment. And you just keep changing your title. You go to the bottom, you go to the bottom of the pile. And it's just mm-hmm. awesome. Work in the game, work in the system. It's always fun to get like this little small snippet of what could have really happened or right. Like what's, yeah. what's plausible. Based on a true story. Based on, Based a, true on story. a true story. It's just an awesome, uh, it's an awesome start to the movie. And then like two hours in, you're like, we've just been dealing with Sharon Stone drama. Movie. It's, it's a three hour movie. movie. And but, two hours of it is a Sharon Stone drama. Yes, exactly. That's what, that's the part <laughs> that just Two thirds of the movie. <laughs> and, th- and this is why, this is, I always quote this movie when I talk about, I, I love Blow because the Johnny mm-hmm. Depp movie, because what happens in that movie is there's like a rise for like an hour and a half. And then the fall is like 20 minutes and then the movie's over. And it's like great because I'm like riding this like wave for an hour and a half. And then it's like, all right, obviously it's gonna come crashing down, but make it quick. But in this movie, the rise is like 30 minutes, and then the fall is like two and a half hours of just oh not only that, the rise is like the quintessential people you want talking to you during the rise. It's Joe Pesci yes. and Robert De Niro, like t- talk about the glory days, right? Like, yeah, this, exactly. this is how we did, this is what we did, da, da, da. and then all of a sudden you're just like, why? what's happening? Why is everything just falling apart for the next two and a half hours? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And De Niro's this expert gambler and that's why it makes the list. He's, he's, his character is ace. He's spinning the wheels at the, uh, the craps table. He's, uh, he knows all the college football scores and all the, you know, he's, he's just, he's just an expert in all things casino, but at the end of the day, it just becomes Sharon Stone drama the whole time. And so that's why, and that's why it's made it on fifth of our list. So the four we have left is Molly's Game, Uncut Gems, Rounders, and Two for the Money. Are our four? Wait, Two for the Money still alive in yours? Okay, that's got to be. I was Two for the Money. That's got to be number four. All right, I mean, come on, it was number seven on my original list. It's it's fallen too far. (laughs) Correct. So it's four on my list, right? Because it's 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 right in the middle of the bunch. It's got a great storyline, and again, seeing Matthew McConaughey at the beginning of his his career is just fantastic. He's like a He's a, he's a college quarterback. He's doing everything right. <laughs> I he, know. He tells, he tells a great joke at the beginning of the game, too. He's, he's got his whole team huddled up. He's like, all right, guys, when we win this you know, touchdown, you know, don't thank your mothers. Don't thank your grandmothers. Thank me. I'm the guy who's getting it done. Like, it's yeah. just like, what a great little, like, rift with his team before he goes out and gets it done. And that's, like, just such a good character, right? It's, it's such, great. Somebody that, somebody that everyone can relate to is, like, that guy, right? That jock who's just going to. Put it out on the line, knows what he needs to do, and has his team totally rallied against him. It's yeah. just such a good start to a character for the movie. I, yeah, and it's right in the middle of his like sort of rom-com stretch of his career. And this is like the one exception where it's like not a rom-com, but like there's still like they clearly the studio clearly got some notes and just some scenes. Oh, yeah. r- romantic comedy. Is that romantic comedy? Rom- Sorry. Rom- this is the stage rom-com. of his career Sorry. when he's making. I, didn't, I wasn't up on those uh, those acronyms. I apologize. I'm getting that list closer <laughs> to me now. There we go. This is like his like how to lose a guy in ten days stretch and all that. <laughs> but, and the and the, the, the clearly the studio got some notes where they're like, all right, let's just have his shirt off in this scene. He's gonna this come in after. Yeah, exactly. Get him out there. Show There's some, some scenes where it makes no sense that he has his shirt off, like. He comes into the office with the wife beater on at one point. It's like, you couldn't have grabbed a shirt on your way out the door. That takes like literally three seconds. It wasn't that urgent. 
Yep, dripping sweat. She's getting things done. They even, they even put a weight room in his office as if they're like, you know what we could do? We can have him talk about bets, but still working out at the same time. Yeah, clearly that's what they're going for here. <laughs> Just so you know, my wife, Sarah, literally made an outburst as soon as she came on with his shirt off after she started reading. She went, oh, and I was like, excuse me? It's like That was the first <laughs> time she auditorily made out a, a gasp of who is this individual on screen? So. All right, what do we think about uh, Al Pacino thinks of gamblers? So he says, But what makes us different is our defect. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose subconsciously. Me, I never feel better or more alive than when they're raking the chips away, not bringing them in, and everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Hell, even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. But when we lose, now there's another story. You know what I mean? You've just recreated the worst possible nightmare, this side of malignant cancer, for the 20th goddamn time. And you're standing there and you suddenly realize, hey, I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. So first off, love that quote. An incredible thing. Into it. Not only that, he's in a Gambler's Anonymous meeting as somebody who's giving out tips for gamblers <laughs> so the best part about that entire scene was he did that entire scene just to make the character from Matthew mcconaughey say fuck that was the entire <laughs> reason he did that entire thing which was the best part of that because many people who were watching the movie with me were like dude why did he do that like why did he go in there and try and give his card out to you know obviously some gamblers anonymous individuals and it's like no he was making a point he was going to do something so messed up that Matthew McConaughey had to say, had to drop an F bomb. Yeah. Had to. Had to. And it was, it was so good. It was such a good scene. But that's such an interesting quote, too. There are some people, right, that at a certain point just want to make sure that they're at the, the lowest point before they start growing and going on the opposite direction and climbing again. But some people get caught in that train and it almost mm. feels like a rot, like a rush to be on a losing train. And I, I don't know, it, it happens, it happens to, I think more of us than, than we think, you know, give it credit, but yeah, we all we mean, can find our leg up. It usually comes from a helping hand or a friend who says, Hey, what are you doing? Get over here. Get back yeah. on track. Yep. 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 Hopefully we, we have a, those friends in our life. Matthew McConaughey never really had a gambling addiction, huh? Like he didn't really, he just, he was just like the emotional force that it, that it fell upon. And maybe it was like sort of like the dichotomy between him and Pacino because he it felt it, right? Like he physically felt the the pain of losing, whereas Pacino only felt sort of like the euphoria of like, let's go, Correct. go, go, let's go. Yeah. 100%. So they're the avatars, right? One of the gambling world and one of the, what's the reality of what's happening, right? What's mm-hmm. the reality? Okay, I'm choosing these games, but I have no stake in it, right? I'm just Matthew McConaughey. I just get A when they win. I don't see what happens when they lose. But then you see that towards the end, and that's really where things turn. And that's why it's made it up so far on this list, was that dichotomy between those two individuals and just the story that was told. All right. All right. There you have it. I love it. I two love for it. the money. Number four on the list. Two for the money. Four on the list. Number and, one then there the were, and then there were three. <laughs> and then and there then were three. There were three. Oof. All right. Whew. This is the tough part now. All right. I do you want to go or do you want me to go? Because I, I don't I mean, know. I, so you gave us the last one. I'll give yeah, you go for it. Third. My Please. third was uncut gems. I had the same thing. Now, the reason I have that is just because the other two movies 
get really into the gambling side, right? And like the gambling ethos uh, of like, so Molly's Gaming Rounders, you're really talking about the game itself, how to, how to play it, how to run it, how to act in it, right? You have uh, Matt Damon, who just does a great job in Rounders of like thinking about the mind of what's going on in his mind as he's looking at cards, which is just fantastic. But Uncut Gems is just a gambler's nightmare on TV. Like, it's just like, it gets, as soon as you think it's over, it gets even crazier. It's it's just like, the first time I saw it, I was like, I got to watch this again because it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But just the start of it, just looking at actual uncut gems coming from, you know, Africa and then <laughs> coming over to the U.S. and like being in like one of those diamond districts in New York where they got all the African Jews. Marie says African Jews. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like whoever thought of this and, and made this movie had such an incredible story to tell. And it's just so interesting how Adam Sandler got the part and he's just rolling around and really just flying by the seat of his pants the entire time, pawning things, hawking things, getting some settlement, going back, buying things back. It's just, it's so This movie is chaos. It is inertia. Chaos. It is like from the second it starts, it just is go. And there's people talking in the scenes so you're not even fully hearing what the main people are saying. Mm-hmm. It is just like chaos. You're on a, what do they call it? The Diamond District, right? In New York yeah, City. Yeah. And you got Adam Sandler and he's playing this crazy character. Like, Basically just, like a rundown jeweler. Like a rundown jeweler. Like yeah. he still thinks he's got it, but he's obviously got a lot of problems. Like half the stuff he's wearing is borrowed, right? Like the watches <laughs> he had on, like the shirts he had on, like everything was like, either stolen or borrowed or got it some some weird way it's when he insane. goes and pawns kevin garnett's ring in yeah, like the early ring. scene the it's championship the ring from the celtics and you're just like dude what are you doing you're like what is about to happen if you're going to give kg's ring away where is this movie going and it's, that's where things just got out of control it's just it's just uh it's just chaotic yeah it, the movie feels like gambling right like when you're just when things are just going up and down and up and down constantly and you're just like i don't know where i stand like there's too many moving pieces to really understand what's going on here and uh there's people talking everywhere it feels like you're in a casino right like you're at a table and there's waitresses going by and there's other people gambling next to you and there's an announcement and then there's a slot machine's ringing and everything's just going on constantly. It just makes you feel like you're just in that environment, the distractions mm-hmm. of all that. And like, that's what gambling is, is that, that that's what the casinos do to you, right? They try to distract you and create mm-hmm. this chaos. And this movie captures that like perfectly, even though we never step foot in a casino. 100%. And it's a- Oh, we do at the end. Sorry, Mohegan Sun. He does at the end, but it, he does. Right? He does. So it, he yeah. never steps girlfriend foot. Goes. It's always his yeah, the girlfriend. Goes. But uh, when you look and see, like, really what he's doing, he's flying by the seat of his pants the entire movie, right? Yeah. So think of, like, an actual gambler. Once they place the bet, right, you can't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's just let the variables play. And it feels like that's the whole thing. Is like every time he gets a variable, he throws it back out. He's like, oh, I have something that's solid. Nope, throw it into, like, put it in the atmosphere. Put it away. See what happens with it. And that's what's crazy. Like every time something good happens to him, he immediately gives it back. Like yeah. within within minutes, within seconds I think, sometimes. I think the best scene is the scene with Kevin Garnett towards the end, right before he's about to go play the game seven. You ready? Yep, let's do it. 
Yeah. You, you want to win by one point or fucking 30 points, KG? Right? I see you out there when the fucking stadium's all booing you. You're 30 up. You're still going full tilt. Let's see what Vegas. What has Vegas got you guys at tonight? Take a look. Let's see. Are you, are you serious? You're going to put us up right here? Look at this shit. The Sixers are supposed to win the game tonight, they think. We don't keep track of none of that shit. Who they think on game seven you're not going to get fucking 18 points. They don't think you're going to get eight rebounds? These guys don't know shit about ball. What the fuck are they doing? Doesn't that make <laughs> you want to fucking kill them? Doesn't that make you want to say, fuck you for doubting me? Doesn't that make you want to step on fucking Elton Brand's fucking... <laughs> Come on, KG, this is no different than that. This is me, all right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win. Oh, great, great uh, look by KG at the end there too, huh? Oh yeah, he, he did a great job. Like he was, you know, just the basketball player, right? Just like the, hey, I want I want something I can't really have or can't find. And when that unjet, un, uncut gem comes into his price, like he feels like, it's kind of special power, you know. Opal. This feels great. Uh, you know, the, the African Jew cut cut <laughs> rock. Like he's just ready to take that whole story and just run with it. But it's uh. so funny because it was literally moments after Adam Sandler opened it. It was moments. And you heard right. from in the movie, it took him like 17 months to get the, the rock. So 17 months, two minutes later, he gave it to a basketball player. Two and then it's like, like what for nothing. For Five days, he didn't five. get money from it. Yeah, correct. It's like, oh shit! I just gave it away, and I have to run with my pants around my legs for the entire movie trying to get it back. <laughs> and that's, that's actually the craziest part too. The guy who's after him for the money was his brother. Brother-in-law, brother yeah, insane. <laughs> yeah. That that really messed my head up. I was like, what? That's the guy who's messing with you? He's at the table during Hanukkah? Are you kidding me? Reach across <laughs> the table, punch him in the face. What are you doing? And I think that I think that's it, right? Like Adam Sandler is like KG. You go out there and you play a game of skill, basketball, and you play it with passion and heart and you go do it. It's like I do the same thing here with my with my crazy gambling. I I get inside information. I try to like lean on you to have this great game and then I'm going to go put all my life savings on it. And it would have worked out for him too if his brother-in-law and his yeah. goons would just Get off his back for like 10 minutes. They would have won it all. They would have won everything back. He would have paid it all back and then some. It would have been the biggest score. It was his biggest score at that time. Would have been. Could have been. Could have been. Should have been. All right. So number three. Number two. Number three is Uncut Gems. Okay. Now we're up to number two. Don't you worry, Matt. We're there. Number two. We're there. All right. Now, Molly's game or Rounders? This for me. Go ahead. Now, I would love to hear your input, considering you're a huge fan of both of these movies. I do like them so both. So I'm excited, I'm excited to hear what, what, what drew you to be number one, and why did number two slide to number two? Um, so I love both these movies. They both deserve to be number one, but we can only have number only one number one. There could only be one height under <laughs> Uh But I think it's a clear... It's clear to me. So number two is Molly's game. Number two is Molly's game because Rounders is just on another level. But I spend another if I spend a minute with Molly's game. So let's do that. Jessica Chastain, Idris Alba, directed by Aaron Sorkin. Um, this is like a real story, right? Like it was based yeah. on a book written by this this woman, Molly Bloom. <laughs> and I just love it because if you look into like the backstory of this, 
So she used, like, like in the movie, she used all these fake names, like Player X and all this stuff. Do you know, as part of her poker game, that these people would play? So famous faces at that poker game included Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Player X in the movie, who's played by uh, McLo- or, uh, uh, Evan. John, uh, uh, no, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, sorry, is supposed to be Toby Maguire. Which yeah, brings this one quote. To, to, it's pretty funny. So player X goes, you know, I don't even like playing poker. And Molly Bloom says, why do you play? And player X says, I like destroying lives. <laughs> Toby McGuire right there. That's aggressive. That's and that's aggressive. why he, that's, yeah, that's not, it's not the way to do it. It's not the way to do it. That is the opposite of how we started this conversation. How, what do you see the best in people? What is optimistic? <laughs> that is the complete He goes opposite. there to destroy I wanna, lives. I want to ruin people's lives. So the reason that it's number two, though, is because Matt Damon is there because of the poker boom. And the poker boom is because of rounders. It started with rounders, right? And it was continued with Chris Moneymaker when in 2003 World Series of Poker. But back in 1998, when rounders came out and it was, they said, oh, it's even in the movie, they said, winner of this tournament gets the $1 million prize. Once rounder comes out, things explode, explode. To the point where in 2003, the first place, plot, first place prize is $10 million, just five years later, because everyone gets obsessed with poker in that time period. And the reason that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and DiCaprio are sitting at this game in, in Los Angeles at Molly's Molly Bloom's game is because of the poker boom. And all the celebrities have gotten into it and everyone's gotten into it. And they genuinely love it. And they want to be there and they want to play it because it's like, mano a mano and uh it's, it's the it game it's the how do yeah. i bluff an actor right how do i bluff the hardest individual to try and read right that's exactly. that's kind of the fun right that's the alert and you can sit down against a professional it made some of these professionals famous too right like johnny chan in the movie rounder absolutely he you know did you have it did you have it i don't know i forgot johnny <laughs> i love that they used a matt damon voiceover for his voice too <laughs> Because he's retelling the story. <laughs> so how about John Turturro's character in Rounders? Your neighbor in Brooklyn there? Well, first off, John Turturro is just a fantastic actor. I always love seeing him in movies. He always comes out. He's just he's such an interesting character every time he hits the screen. And in this, he's the voice of reason. Like, yes. Hey, like, take your money. Like, hey, you don't want to be doing this. You know, like, but he's there to, like, help Matt when, when he's down. He's also there to tell him, like, hey, you're shit out of luck when, when like, can't help you, right? So can't help him. You did it to yourself. You had to put it all on the line for some Vegas pipe dream. Hey, I took a risk. I took a risk. You, you see all the angles. You never have the fucking stones to play one. Stones. You little punk. I'm not playing for the thrill of fucking victory here. I will rent, alimony, child support. I play for money. My kids eat. I got stones enough not to chase cards, actions, or fucking pipe dreams of winning the World Series on ESPN. I'll give you the trust, but that's all I can do for you. That's all I can do for it. That's all I can do for it. Hey, why don't um, you keep grinding out that rent money? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, that's again, it's, it's, he always plays a good part that, like, pushes the, the protagonist in the right direction, but he's this kind of batshit crazy off-the-wall character. And, like, I don't know if you've seen him in Transformers, but he's just an absolute oh, yeah. nutcase in Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> so in this, it's good angel, bad angel, right? We have Ed Norton, clearly bad angel. Uh, John Turturro, good angel. 
and Matt Damon is is listening to these two voices, and uh, and it's just and then and, and then he's just trying to make his way because he knows he has a talent, right? He knows he's got the talent. Mm-hmm. He's even going to law school because he's trying to be a good kid, but yeah. he knows that this is calling, right? He's got to play poker like this is just what he does. Even and the his nice law school professor says it. He's law a law school professor. This is for you, right? Yeah. Go do you. And then he does the, uh, he gives him a gift, the, the Jewish gift to, to passing it forward, which, you know, puts him on the right path. But it's interesting to see in Rounders too, all the different types of games, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like the game at the college campus, right? Yeah. You have the, ga- you have the game of like under, underground New York street den. You have the, at the casino where he plays Johnny, right? So it's the police, not only- the police game, the police game. Right, State, so Rochester or something. They drive Rochester. up to like, Binghamton. I thought it was Binghamton. Binghamton, sorry. Binghamton. And so that's that's what's also really good about this is the fact that you enlightened me with the fact that everybody started playing poker after this is a huge testament to people seeing that it could be played anywhere in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere you could play it. Cops are playing it. Kids are playing it. Adults are playing it. Professionals are playing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then who is it? John Malkovich with the uh, with the Oreos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing the Russian accent, which why works. It you, works somehow. Why did you not bet? Fuck you. He's check, you check, 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 check sheets. <laughs> uh, normally, I would have let him uh, keep on chewing those Oreos all night, but I had some shit to get to or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But how about the call out too by John Malkovich at the end too, which is, oh, don't worry, I'm paying you with your own money. Right, like mm-hmm. this isn't mine. Like I'm not losing anything. You, you just get to leave with your own money. Like good and luck, then, and it's and he's got to turn around. He comes and plays, going. plays him. Let's play again. But what is, what is that though? Is he leaning into his uh, worst instincts again there, or is he just know he's got to beat? That's the. I think that's the the small two sided coin, right? There is a bit of him that's smart that says, "I found your tell. I'm gonna fi- I've, I figure this out. I can keep doing this all night." But then that's a bit of the Edward Norton of. Hey, I'm 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 doing well. I'm gonna ride the train. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ride while I'm high, which is what gets Edward Norton in trouble immediately. And <laughs> really made me think a lot about going to a casino and playing poker. After that, though, you sit down and you remember that scene where everyone knows each other except like the one guy that keeps the one seat that keeps rotating of all these uh, these yep. suckers. Yeah, they just down. keep losing. We just like, keep losing. And everyone first... just laughs like, "Oh, the new one's here. Let's take his money now." It's like the first line of the movie. Uh, it's like, uh, if you can't spot the fish at the table within 15 minutes, then you are the fish. You I are love the fish. that. It applies <laughs> to so many aspects of life too, right? 100%. It always, it always comes back to me too when I hear, you know, if you're the dumbest in the room, you're in the wrong room. It's like, shit, am I the dumbest in all the rooms? Like, I can never figure this out. I can never figure this out. But it's it's something that You're just too good of a person. You don't think about whether people are smart or dumb. You yeah. look at them for what they can we contribute, have... the heart that they're bringing to it. That's what I hope we all do. That's what I hope you all do. But again, <laughs> it happens. So we have number two as Molly game. Molly's, Molly's game. game. Anything more to say on Molly's game? Well, Molly's game, again, is just an incredible true story, right? Like this, this woman who went through a lot, right? The biggest thing is the fact that she was going to be an Olympic athlete. And then yeah. a split second later, she is not and can't compete again which yeah. is just mind-blowing that an entire life gets changed in such a quick... Sounds like two, uh, two for yeah. the money a bit. Kind of like Matthew two for the money. But football. again, 
great things to think about, right? Because the Olympic athlete is somebody who trains forever. What a what an easy character to grab onto and root for, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing as like that college football prospect, somebody you want to root for, which is why when Molly starts, you know, creating this game and then gets kicked out of the game, you feel for it. And you're like, what the hell? Like she's doing a great job. Why is she getting you know kicked out for this? And then when she does her own game, you're like, all right, she's got this. She's she's pushing it. And then when she takes that first rake. Yeah, you're like, oh, take here it rake. goes. Like, oh no, here it goes. You realize, okay, like this is where she fell. Like she just couldn't sustain herself from her. Unfortunately, what we just talked about, the optimism that everyone had what they were good for, she yeah. couldn't sustain it. And she starts loaning money to some of the players. Money. And it, now money. you're money. Uh, you're a casino you're there, a Molly. You're a bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a bank. You're a casino, and uh, don't want to be a bank if you don't have the cash. That's Not illegal. Yeah, unfortunately. Especially when you're dealing with uh, billionaire Russians from uh, Brighton Beach. There's there's Russians in a lot of these movies. A lot of Russians in a lot of movies. But again, that's the U.S. take on everything, right? Right, right. There's always always something to worry about in Russia. That's what I'm talking about. There's so many more people in this room. I'm worried worried about the person next door. He's acting real sketch when he walks his dog. (laughs) Why are you pulling out the leash show? I hope he listens to this podcast. That'd be great. Mike, was that you on... (laughs) <laughs> By the way, we do have a neighbor who has the uh, the the National Lampoon. No, no, the Christmas Stories uh, lamp with the leg. Oh, with the other leg. Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty we're pretty pumped that uh, somebody with that type of character lives near us. We're That's exciting. This guy knows what's up. This guy's got some some jolliness in his heart. All right, number one, rounders. The best. The best. And Norton's character is just. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's, it's just such just a good this, Ed Norton role. Just a skeed ball of all skeed balls. And his name's Worm. Like, how do you how do you not how do you not just get slightly repulsed and realize, oh, this is something I have to watch at every second, or else he's gonna get a, get one over like, first time we meet him, he's in the casino hustling cigarettes, and then Matt Damon's got to go pick up his old friend and, and <laughs> out of prison. <laughs> and then immediately he wants to go to a card room. Matt Damon's like, Oh, you know, I don't. So he's not play anymore. Oh yeah, because he lost the big yeah. Because they'd already shown the, the intro scene yep. with. So he lost the big hand. I can't play anymore. I'll drop you off. And then Worm walks up to the counter and asks for ten grand stake, or is it a thousand? Ten grand, I think, from the casino. Yep. He's like, oh, just put it on Matt Damon's tab. It's like that. Yep. Would, I don't know if that would ever happen. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's good yeah. for it. He's good. I'm I'm good for it. You know me. He, but then he also goes to that college game and immediately is 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 dealing from under the deck. Right? Yeah, and he's he's like the first hand. Get the tattoo. Game, he's like he's like really he's like really you really gonna give me this first hand? Can you give me this? Too much. So, They're winning too much, right? That was the uh-huh. Matt Damon's like. Listen, he's okay with cheating, but like we got to do it smart. <laughs> you got to do it smart. You got to do it smart. But again, comes back to this gambling role. When it's hot, it's hot. Stay mm-hmm. hot. Right? They didn't and need to cheat. They didn't need to hustle. Matt Damon had the skills. They could have just sat and played it straight. Just played it straight the whole time. But I don't know. Ed Nor is just such a... It's like this character in movies at that... I don't know. There's, there's a lot of these characters where it's like he just can't help themselves from losing, right? It's the thing Al Pacino is describing. It's, yeah. He, 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 the way he feels a rush is by losing. So he's pushing it too far. And Matt Damon's trying to be the voice of reason back to him saying, listen, we can't just, just take a little bit at a time, right? Just take a little bit. And he just wants to take everything. And it's because he just wants to feel that sensation of crashing again, getting beat up, ending up in jail. 
all but that. still being alive, still being alive through it all, still being alive at the end of the day, all thick and thin, still walking away. Yeah, that's it. Rounders and, and it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter who drag he drags with them, right? Putting somebody a stake on somebody else's name, not the nicest thing to do, right? Yeah. That's really shooting your friend in the foot there, big guy. Yeah, at the end of the day, Matt Davis' girlfriend was right, right? He should have probably just continued. Oh yeah. Uh, concentrating on the law school thing, uh, not picking worm up from jail. You know, mm-hmm. poker is something he probably could have done on the side once a year. He could have made the mm-hmm. trip to Vegas to play in the World Series of Poker. You know, but she he, he wasn't having any of that. They, that she was out of the movie in like four seconds. And he and Matt Damon could have played like if he was a lawyer, he could have played cards forever with all these other lawyers, and he would have had a huge leg up on anybody. Yeah, he felt guilty playing with the judges. Remember that? He did remember the judges came. Like, I watched it and he's like, you got nothing. You got nothing. You're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. There's people that could do that. There's this guy, Stu Unger, who he was like a, an amazing, what's that game where it's like seven cars and you make three of something and four of something. Um, rummy. Rum, rummy. Yeah. yeah. So he was like an amazing rummy player. And I think at one point there's this famous story about how it, like he was playing somebody for a lot of money and then they'd only like picked up like four or five cards, but he saw the things that he was picking up and discarding. And he was like, I'll bet you like a million dollars. I could tell you all seven cards in your hand. And he's like, you got six, six to six. Cause I saw you discard that. And then you're going for that straight four or five, you know, three, four five straight in hearts. And then this, and like, like only played like five hands, but he just knew it because he had like this, 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 uh, this deck in his head and every mm-hmm. move that was made, he was like eliminating options of what that guy could have. And kind of like paying attention to like where the guy's eye would go when he would pick up a card. So if he picked up like a king, you'd see the guy's high go to the left of his cards and be like, oh, okay. He's looking to see if that's the same, the same suit of that other one. And then when he discarded it, he's like, all right, I know he doesn't have that suit and mm-hmm. on and on. And like, you know, who knows what else he, he factored in, but it's sort of what Matt Damon is doing in this scene, right? He's looking across the room at the judges and he's watching what people are, where their eyes are going. He's like, listen, you put me in the game like that. It's not fair. It's not, it's not fair at all. And actually, one of the interesting things that that brings up is, uh, do you see that uh, that chess movie this year? It's like a series, but it talks about how this girl basically was, uh, you know, in the sixth, Queen's Gambit, the Queen's Gambit. Oh. Um, the, the girl in the movie, when she's in an orphanage, is given these pills, which is basically like, I'm not sure if it was like LSD or something that's like a little, it makes your mind just go, right? It just lets you off the hook. And this girl would just stay up at night thinking of chess, right? So she's visualizing the chessboard. Uh-huh. And the more she did it, the more she understood where things went and she became a phenomenal chess player. So mm. what you're talking about with rounders is very similar. It's like this visualization of, of what's going on, where things need to be. And that's, I think, what a huge sort of like skill is. Mental accounting anybody. and all that, yeah. Mental accounting, right? Mental accounting. Actually, I'm glad you said accounting. I got a quick joke for you, just because I looked at some jokes. Oh, for you. please! Yeah. This 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 yeah. works for you because you're also you got so you got something to do with numbers, right? A little accounting basis for you. Let's hear. Uh, it. Here, here's a quick one. So I'm an accountant for Hallmark. They throw me out of casinos because I'm a professional card counter. Uh, that's good. All right. <laughs> good little, nice special a, pun. <laughs> what's it called when a couple of cows are playing poker in a penthouse casino? I don't know. What is it called? High stakes, baby. Because the cows, stakes, high stakes, baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, gambling has really helped me get back on my feet. Because last night I lost my car at Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs>
It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And then I found a little 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 story for you. Oh, please. So a, hus- a husband comes comes home from a pub four hours late, just trashed. And and his wife says, Honey, where where the fuck have you been? And he's like, Well, you know, I've been playing poker with the boys and I'm having some fun with the blokes. And she's like, Playing poker with the boys again. Well, you can pack your bags and go. He's like, Well, so can you, because this isn't our house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really yeah, good. A little bit of fun. I had to find something, something trivial, a little bit of dad tangible greatness that we can take with us into our later years. That was really great. Oh, I had such a good time doing this with you today, man. This is a, I think we nailed this list. I think we nailed it. Do you have the list one more time? Let's so see. seven to one, counting down, we have 21, Ocean's 11. Then we have two for the money, Casino. Then we have Uncut Gems. Then we have Molly's Game. Then we have Rounders. I think we did a really good job. This is not the this, this is not the best movies that contain gambling. This is movies that capture the essence of gambling. Top seven movies. I think we did a really good job. I think you're 100 percent accurate, and I recommend everybody if you have not watched Rounders, get on it immediately. It will change your life for the better. I promise. You. Something to do. Something to do as a as fantasy football season has hit the point where half the teams are eliminated right now. So by the way, of- what happened to our defense, the Buffalo defense? We're oh. strong for the first five games. And then all of a sudden we, we got negative four points this week. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. But the, the I, cold get to them was a little snow just freezing up know, some feet. What's going you know, on? They they lost their best defensive player, but they're also going against uh Tom Brady. So you can't, it's hey. a tough week to start them. You can't be you can't be saying that the whole team is resting on one player. Whole no. team's got to buck up. It's a defense. Let's go yeah. defense. Let's go. Let's go. They got to buck up because they lost to the Bucks. Let's go. Buck up. Oh, That's good. You're on I it, man. You're on I top. I know I threw that out. <laughs> uh, all right, man. This has been great. It was, it's always amazing talking to you. I just love it. Like I can't wait to see. You. We got to do another list again soon. I think people. I think this is just going to catch fire and. People are going to watch back ASAP. So hey, the Broncos know how to choose them. I can imagine it's going to be an even better list next time, and it's going to get a more aggressive type of conversation out of both. All right, Mike. Take care. Talk to you soon. Later, champ. Later, buddy. Later, Matt. Peace. Yeah.